Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hello. Welcome once again to Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Mr. Joel Lewis, and you're listening to Free on the Inside, an internet program to inform you, to encourage you, and to challenge you to be all you could be. I am so happy and pleased to be with you this morning. But this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Today, 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 we have a very special program. We're going to honor Martin Luther King. You know, this is Martin Luther King weekend coming up here. So we want to be very mindful of the things that he had done and the men and women that walked beside him, the men and women that kept the dream alive. Is the dream still alive in your life? The dream not to make money, not to be successful, but the dream to help someone else. Oh, I love that. I love that because my theme is help change a life. If it had not been for someone like MLK, Martin Luther King, and the other men and women that was with him, I wouldn't be where I am today. I was able to go to school. Because of desegregation, I was able to get a job. Because of a, a desegregation, I was able to do a lot of things. I was able to move into a better neighborhood. But yet, I want to be mindful of my, uh, of my where I grew up at. I want to turn around and be uh, and be successful in my own neighborhood. I mean, not success that people know you, but success that you could help build up the neighborhood. You could help repave the streets. You could help build up the, uh, the abandoned project uh, uh, projects and. And, and homes, and, and you can assist our elderly and let them know that they're not alone. Because as we, as a, as a child, and you grow up, and your parents speak about having a dream and a vision and doing better. Once we grow up, we want to leave that surrounded. But yet, mom and dad and grandma and them stays there, and so it's up to us to go back and make sure that they're well taken care of. And I'm pleased to say that a lot of people are doing those things there. Some people go off and be and go to college, they be successful, they be doctors and lawyers and engineers and police officers and, and judges, and then they come back and they help out in the neighborhood, they help out their family. They, and some of them are referred to as community activists. So thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in on this program to help change a life in Jesus' name. But today we're going to hear a, a couple of uh, audio clips from MLK, and the first one is I Had a Dream, a very special one, the one that ought to motivate you. I hope that your dream is still active and alive. I hope that you're sharing your dream with someone else. I hope that you're encouraging someone else to follow their dream. So now we're going to go on and we're going to play I Had a Dream by MLK, and we're going to come back with you, Charlotte. Uh, you're listening to Free on the Inside uh, Ministry. Our call-in number is 310-982-4126, where you can call and reach me. And also that number that uh, that you can just call into the program is um, – is uh uh three uh is three eight uh is I'm sorry is three one oh nine eight two forty one twenty six and now the, we're gonna hear of Martin Luther King I had a dream. Dr. Martin Luther King, they are. I am happy to join with you today in what will go down in history as the greatest demonstration for freedom in the history of our nation.
great American in whose symbolic shadow we stand today signed the Emancipation Proclamation. This momentous decree came as a great beacon light of hope to millions of Negro slaves who had been seared in the flames of withering injustice. It came as a joyous daybreak to end the long night of their captivity. But 100 years later, the Negro still is not free. 100 years later, the life of the Negro is still sadly crippled by the manacles of segregation and the chains of discrimination. 100 years later, the Negro lives on a lonely island of poverty. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal.
work together, to pray together, to struggle together, to go to jail together, to stand up for freedom together, knowing that we will be free one day. Martin Luther King said, he's a drum drum, drum major, 
but but this is the first time it didn't happen to this extent. You know, this yeah, is well, man I that he's not hiding anything. He just coming right out and said, say, will you help me? Will you help me? So, you know, this is something that, that's very – and you know what? People don't know how to take it. It's kind of like, you know, yeah. going to an illness. You know, this your first time. So, man, I ain't never been sick like this. The country is sick. And, I'm, and it's time for me to I'm going to play some with Gil Scott. You remember Gil Scott saying, winner in America? Yeah. I think it's a suit yeah. this time. But yet we still have a dream. The dream is still alive, brother Daniel. Yeah. I, yeah. I want you to know the dream is still alive. We can go any place we want to in the United States and around the world. We can go to uh, – we can live where we want to. We can uh, buy what we want to if our money permits it. Even though that's underlying racism, but we still had that opportunity. At one time, we didn't have those things. But let's not be blinded by the many, many opportunities we have. We're still being denied some things. Our basic rights, right to a proper education, right to health insurance, we're still being denied a lot of stuff. Yeah. So yeah. it calls for men and women to keep the dream alive, keep the passion alive, not just for you but for the next generation. Because you say, well, I'm okay, I got mine. But, yeah, but what about your kids and grandkids and, and your neighbor kids and the other gener- uh, generation come behind you? You want to make it right. And so as yeah. we celebrate Martin Luther King, we want to be mindful. There's a lot of work to do. You know, on our slogan for the program, says help change a life. And we know we take that serious. You know, how do you help change a life? Hey, I do it uh, honorable and decent. I wrote a song. It, it, I wrote a song. I wrote a song about, about two years ago, Reverend Lewis. And I, I, and I got a title. I said, what would Martin Luther think about what's happening today if he was alive? What would you think he'd think about? After all that struggling, and now he look back and he look at people nowadays, and he look at some of the stuff was happening. What would you think he would think, Rem Lewis? Do you I would think, think that he said he's he not that finished. They, they they progress backwards or forward. Well, what did no, he no, no. He done a lot of things, but I would think that the struggle is not over yet. I think that he would say there's a lot more to do. Ricky, hey, look how look how we had a black president. We had. We had a, a, a health care for everybody. So the struggle is still is still uh, uh, it, it well-founded, I'll put it that way. But yet there's a lot of work to do because some people, and let's say Satan don't want you to have this here measure of success in society and in life. So Satan is trying what, everything he can do to snatch those good things, those noble things, those just things out of our hands. Mm-hmm. But glory be to God that we have an, an advocate. We have somebody that can fight on our behalf, Jesus Christ, and also our elected officials. You know, Rick, we can't have a country without any elected officials. we got to have someone yeah. in charge, someone that looks into the needs of the people. So it's important for us to be able to vote, to vote not only our country but our heart and vote our uh, and vote for uh, someone that has the same passion that we have. Not a passion Amen. of being corrupt and, and evil, but a passion of, of making it better for the next generation. You know, because That's you bad. have sons and you have daughters, but you don't you want them to have a, a successful life? Yeah, I don't want them to go through the stuff that I went through in life. I don't want them to suffer like we have. You know what I'm saying? I remember, and I, and I go back to the day, man. I remember when I used to walk down the street in South Dallas, man, and man, I was so innocent, man. I didn't know nothing about prejudice or nothing like that. I used to see people walk down the street, hey, nigger, boy, get in the house. I said, man, what's up with these people, man? And I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know there was a difference in, in color, man. 
You know what I'm saying? Till I got a certain age, and I started wearing they saw, I said, well, you a black guy. I thought everybody was black. Till I started looking at TV, and I started looking at the different Caucasians people. You know, back in the day, we didn't have a TV set, Brother Lewis. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't know how many of y'all can assess to that. My dad bought us a color TV set, man, and then we were kind of like the rich people on the neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? But he just don't know. My dad had worked three jobs in order to get that TV set. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So and, and it was like that so, for a lot of us, man. A lot of our parents, they went beyond measure. They did some things that we just didn't think of at the time because we, yeah, we was kids. Parents always gone, yeah. but they was working because they had to. And, you know, and they did the best they could for us, man. And we, so, we shared you know, the I neighborhood. So, little shows on TV like Ozzy and Harrod and the Donna Reed show. Now, I used to see all these white families on TV. You know what I'm saying? They'd be walking around looking all happy and, you know what I'm saying? Father knows the best and all. You know what I'm saying? And all of them. I said, where are the black people at? You know what I'm saying? Where are the black people at? They didn't want us to be profiled on TV. And it took a long time when uh, Good Times and the Jefferson came on. And basically, it uh, it taught America that we have problems just like you. We want a, we want a nice job, a nice house, a car. We want to go to college, you know. But it was hard because we... Basically, those people were living in the ghetto. And, you know, our ghetto is not like the ones up there in Detroit and Chicago, Reverend Lewis. It's a jungle up there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's a jungle up there, Brother Lewis. I mean, we got a little crime going around here in Dallas. But, of course, compared to what's happening up north, man, it's a jungle. It's a battlefield up there in, in Chicago and Detroit. You know what I'm saying? So... So what I'm saying, and what I'm saying is that it seems like there needs to be somebody to get our youth or the younger people in America to understand, to wake up and stop worrying about killing each other, worrying about bling bling, and worrying about having a nice pretty diamond rings, and worrying about being on the next Soul Train Award show and all that. It's not about that, Reverend Lewis. You know? They got to so learn. They got to have a future. We, we, this got to be a future more than what what it is today. If it don't, I don't know. We're going to get, and, and I'm saying this, if we don't move up and, 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 and take advantage of what Martin Luther King did a long time ago, we will get basically put back into what happened to us a long time. Because if you look at it, Reverend Lewis, you got people right now in the House of Representatives basically trying to rewrite the Constitution. Some of the laws that we got about, uh, they saying, like, there's no difference between being gay and being black. You know what I'm saying? They still prejudice. You know, all this. Hey, you, yeah, that's a race card. Y'all using the race card. You know what I'm saying? But... That was a serious thing, what happened to us, Reverend Lewis. Yeah, I mean, they took us from a land, raped our people, put us on a ship, and brought us over here and made us work for them for nothing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's, and, and, and that's something that we, uh, uh, it, uh, let me, 
let me put it that way. That's something that we have to kind of over, we have to overcome that and instill in our young people, instill our young people that there is a future, there is a, a dream, there is hope for tomorrow. Everybody wants to live for today. As you put it for earlier, we got to instill in our young kids not live just for today, but for tomorrow. Brother Daniel, I want I'm gonna stop here for a minute because I want to play another. Audio clip by MLK said, "What is your life blueprint?" And you said some while ago that really sparked the interest and the curiosity in me that we all ought to have a plan. I'm just gonna get up, put some clothes on, and leave. But what are you gonna do? What is your blueprint? What is your plan? What are you gonna do to be successful? And let's hear what the great Martin Luther King had to say about that. And I'll be back. Which we'll play a couple of minutes of this, and then we'll be back. So hold on. You'll listen to another great episode of Free on the Inside. Ministry, the calling number is 310-982-4126. We're honoring MLK today. We're going to play a couple of uh, audio clips by him, so please, please, please stay tuned. Listen (laughs) Please give us a call at your convenience. That number is the same as always at 310-982-4126. You'll listen to Mr. Lewis and our co-host, Brother Richard Daniels. Distinguished guest, the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King.
uh, the work of the civil rights movement. Now that I've gotten the commercial out of the way, I'll move on and uh, say some things that I want to say very briefly. And I'm being very honest. I'm going to be brief because I have other engagements. I don't have a tradition of being brief all the time. You know, I'm a Baptist preacher, and we can talk a long time. But I'm going to really be brief today. I want to ask you a question. Hey, big news. You're about to discover how I sold 131,404 units of a product on Amazon that cost me just a dollar to buy, and I sold for $20. And I reveal everything that I've learned and everything that I do in my new book, Amazon Jetstream Income. My name's Sophie Howard, and I'm a super Amazon seller. So if you'd love to get more time, more lifestyle, I'm on holiday at the moment here in Hoi An in Vietnam because my business has completely freed me up, then this is what's possible when you've got your own spare time business that generates real income. So you can stop trading your time for money, give up the day job, and instead sell products online. So all of this is in my brand new book, Amazon Jetstream Income. So in this book, you're going to discover how to potentially make your first $1,000 on Amazon by setting up and selling your first product. So you can run these businesses in just 30 minutes a day. I'll show you how to launch your Amazon store the right way, and this will have you up and selling in no time. So within maybe six, nine, 12 months, maybe you've also got the option of giving up your day job. And it gets you down to that six-hour work week, the holy grail. So you don't need to work really long hours hard for somebody else. You can just set up this extra income stream in just a few hours a week. And that leaves lots of time for me to spend time with my kids and travel, and you can do whatever you want to do in your free time. And you don't need to be a tech expert. And that is what is in your life's blueprint. This is the most important and crucial period of your lives for what you do now and what you decide now at this age may well determine which way your life shall go. And whenever a building is constructed, you usually have an architect who draws a blueprint. And that blueprint serves as the pattern, as the guide, as the model for those who are to build the building. And a building is not well erected without a good, sound, and solid blueprint. Now, each of you is in the process of building the structure of your lives. And the question is whether you have a proper, a solid, and a sound blueprint. And I want to suggest some of the things that should be in your life's blueprint. Number one in your life's blueprint should be 
belief in your own dignity, your own worth, and your own somebodiness. Don't allow anybody to make you feel that you are nobody. Always feel that you count. Always feel that you have worth. And always feel that your life has ultimate significance. Now that means that you should not be ashamed of your color. You know, it's very unfortunate that in so many instances, our society has placed a stigma on the Negro's color. And you know, there are some Negroes who are ashamed of themselves. But don't be ashamed of your color. Don't be ashamed of your biological features. Somehow you must be able to say in your own lives and really believe it, I am black but beautiful. And believe it. And therefore, you need not be lured into purchasing cosmetics advertised to make you lighter. Neither do you need to process your hair to make it appear straight. I have good hair, and it's as good as anybody else's hair in the world. And we've got to believe that. Now, in your life's blueprint, be sure that you have that a principle of somebody. Secondly, in your life's blueprint, you must have, as a basic principle, the determination to achieve excellence in your various fields of endeavor. You're going to be deciding as the days and the years unfold what you will do in life, what your life's work will be. Once you discover what it will be, set out to do it and to do it well. And I say to you, my young friends, that doors are opening to each of you. Doors of opportunity are opening to each of you, but not open to your mothers and to your fathers. And the great challenge facing you is to be ready to enter these doors as they open. Ralph Waldo Emerson, the great essayist, said in a lecture back in 1871 that if a man can write a better book or preach a better sermon or make a better mousetrap than his neighbor, even if he builds his house in the woods, the world will make a beaten path to his door. That hadn't always been true, but it will become increasingly true. So I would urge you to study hard, to burn the midnight oil. I would say to you, don't drop out of school, and I understand all of the sociological reasons why we often drop out of school. 
But I urge you, in spite of your economic plight, in spite of the situation that you are forced to live so often with intolerable conditions, stay in school. And when you discover what you're going to be in life, set out to do it as if God Almighty called you at this particular moment in history to do it. And just don't set out to do a good Negro job, but do a good job that anybody could do. Don't set out to be just a good Negro doctor, a good Negro lawyer, a good Negro school teacher, a good Negro preacher, a good Negro barber, a beautician, uh, a good Negro skilled laborer. For if you set out to do that, you have already flunked your matriculation exam for entrance into the University of Integration. Set out to do a good job and do that job so well that the living, the dead, or the unborn couldn't do it any better. your love to be a street sweeper. Sweep streets like Michelangelo painted pictures. Sweep streets like Beethoven composed music. Sweep streets like Leontine Price sings before the Metro Metropolitan Opera. And sweep streets like Shakespeare wrote poetry. Sweep streets so well that all the hosts of heaven and earth will have to pause and say, here lived a great street sweeper who swept his job well. If you can't be a pine on the top of the hill, be a scrub in the valley. But be the best little scrub on the side of the real. Be a bush if you can't be a tree. If you can't be a highway, just be a trail. If you can't be the sun, be a star. For it isn't by size that you win or you fail. Be the best of whatever you are. Oh, what a great, what a great, what a great message that we have from MLK. What, and we pray that you enjoy it. I, I, I want to just pause there for a minute because as I was listening to that, it was just exp igniting something in me. You know, we know he was speaking to a high school graduation class, but yet the message and the word today is a timely word. You know, we struggle with self-identity. We struggle with our dreams and our hopes. We struggle with being accepted in society. And he was just letting us know that we don't have to conform to society. You know, uh, there was a saying one time, uh, what would Mike do? Uh, uh, you know, and there was a time they're saying, uh, uh, what would you do? And that was always saying, and it says that uh, I don't smoke cigarettes like they do. A little, 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 bit, little bit of advertisement of what I'm leading to. And they were always trying to get you to be like someone else. But Martin Luther King said it with a, with a pure, pure conscience and said it as loud as he could say it, to be all you could be. He said, if you can't be the uh, uh, the road, be a trail. Oh, I like that. You know, we're, all of us are not set up to be leaders. But yet we can set the path for someone else. 
He said, if you can't be that that that, that, that tree, be that pine that from that tree. Cause we all need some shade. We all need some comfort. You know, he was just saying those things, but he was, it was a metaphor for life in general. You know, be the best that you could be. You know, uh, in that day and time, a lot of black people we was uh, we was caretakers. We was uh, working. We were gardeners and we was cooks and we were chauffeurs and and and, and housekeepers or whatever it may have been at that time because of society. And he said, "Be the best that you could be, regardless of what you're doing. Just do the best that you could be. Don't limit yourself to just being a good." Negro doing something, being a good black man doing something, will be the best that you could be. I loved it, I loved it, I loved it. We have various people that come on here from time to time. We have artists, we have writers, we have uh, uh, engineers, we have doctors, and various people come on here and they said, I'm going to be the best that I could be. I know there are other people out there writing books, but my book is going to be the best that I could be. Uh, you know, and, and put together, and I love that because it, it allows me to be the best that I could be. I don't always do things right. I don't always speak right. I don't always follow through on some of the things I, I have thinking in my mind and my conversation. Why? But I do the best that I can, and I want you to know that you can do the best that you can too. Upon this Martin Luther King Day, I want you to just reflect on how good. Society have been to us up until this point because of what he done and the men and women that oh that was with him that done. Our state legislators, we want to be very mindful of them that we put them in office and we can vote them out. Be mindful of our city officials. It goes again. We put them there so we can uh, 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 take them out or we can vote them out. But I want you to be mindful of helping someone else. Monday I'm going over to a. Uh, uh, to a church program, they do it every Martin Luther King where they where they got uh, a group of young men that coming in, and we're gonna uh, uh, serve them some breakfast, and they got some life skill courses and and some words of encouragement for our young people. I want to be a part of something like that because when I was young, someone did it for me. I didn't get here overnight. I had men that spoke into my life. I had men that taught me how to drive a car, how to repair a car, how to use uh, hand tools. I had people that, uh, it was, one time we were doing Boy Scouts. You know, Boy Scouts got a bad reputation now. But one time I was a Boy Scout and a Cub Scout. We had men of purpose. We had men that told us how to navigate through society, how to be able to go a place and know where you are. So it, it, it tickles me because when I go places with my friends and family, I don't lose my direction. I say, yeah, I remember because they told me how to look at little different uh, signposts and be aware of your surroundings. And I passed that on to my grandkids and my wife and, and, and family members and friends. And when you go out, you make sure you look at your surroundings. You're at the gas station. You make sure that you recognize the people around you. Don't let people get too close up on you that, that look suspicious. They look like they up to something. Sometimes people say, I didn't see it coming. Why not? <laughs> it's because you wasn't paying attention. And Martin Luther King was telling us to be the best that we could be. You'll listen to another episode of Free on the Inside. That calling number is 310-982-4126. We're going to go on with this portion of a, uh, the of the speech here. It's called, uh, it's called a life blueprint. And I want you to have a blueprint. I want you to have uh, a structured life and be consistent and faithful at what you do. So now, now we're going to play some more of the Wallace King. As a basic principle, the determination to achieve excellence in 
your various fields of endeavor. You're going to be deciding as the days and the years unfold what you will do in life, what your life's work will be. And once you discover what it will be, set out to do it and to do it well. And I say to you, my young friends, that doors are opening to each of you. Doors of opportunity are opening to each of you that were not open to your mothers and to your fathers. And the great challenge facing you is to be ready to enter these doors as they open. Ralph Waldo Emerson, the great essayist, said in a lecture back in 1871 that if a man can write a better book or preach a better sermon or make a better mousetrap than his neighbor, even if he builds his house in the woods, the world will make a beaten path to his door. That hadn't always been true, but it will become increasingly true. And so I would urge you to study hard, to burn the midnight oil, I would say to you, don't drop out of school, and I understand all of the sociological reasons why we often drop out of school, but I urge you, in spite of your economic plight, in spite of the situation that you are forced to live so often with intolerable conditions, stay in school, and when you discover what you're going to be in life. Set out to do it as if God Almighty called you at this particular moment in history to do it. And just don't set out to do a good Negro job, but do a good job that anybody could do. Don't set out to be just a good Negro doctor, a good Negro lawyer, a good Negro school teacher, a good Negro preacher, a good Negro barber, a beautician, uh, a good Negro skilled laborer. Well, if you set out to do that, you have already flunked your matriculation exam for entrance into the University of Integration. Set out to do a good job. In oh, that is so true. That is so true. He was telling us, Martin Luther King was saying, do the best that you could do. Be all that you could be. All that is so true. That's powerful. And we're going to go on and we're going to end that interview uh, and that audio section here. We got another one that's coming up here. We got another Martin Luther King here. And we have one that's coming up here. Uh, let's see if I got it here. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, let's see. Uh, I don't have it right now, but we're going to get one. Cause I want to get a little short one that's going to come up here. And, and we had one right here. Yes, this one right here. Uh, Merv Griffith. Martin Luther King's doing an interview on the Merv Griffin show in 1967. And we're going to hear that. That's only about 10 minutes or so. So we're going to listen to that. Because we want to hear what Martin Luther King said. We know about I Had a Dream, but we want to know, hear his, his thought pattern regarding some things. Because those things are pliable today. Those things are pliable today. So we want to be very mindful of those things. Okay, so... You know, so we're gonna listen to Martin Luther King uh, with the, on the Murray Griffin show here, and let's see here coming up here. We had him just a few minutes ago, so we please bear with me on this here. Uh, 
Okay, I don't have that one right now. Well, here we're gonna go on with uh with another one here. Dun dun dun. Well, I the king. Uh, let's see here. Please uh bear with me for a minute. I'm trying to find out some good one here because all of them are good. You know, you ever had a situation where you just kind of dumbing through things here? Oh, okay. Then let's do the one on him accepting the Nobel Peace Prize. Next voice you'll hear be Martin Luther King and the Nobel Peace Prize. your love to be a street sweeper. Sweep streets like Michelangelo painted pictures. Sweep streets like Beethoven composed. Here is the rare opportunity we promised you. I think Harry introduced him beautifully. May I just add that here's one of the great voices in America, Dr. Martin Luther King. This is my Luther King interview on Mar- L. Mary Griffin, 1967. chance to see you in New York. Are we covered? Oh, yes, the microphone over there. Uh, do you visit here often? Oh, I'm in New York almost every other week at least. There's Quietly, There's always though. something happening in New York, so you can't avoid coming to New York. You've discovered it's a fun city? Well, I haven't, I haven't quite discovered that side of New York. Really? Being a Baptist clergyman, they keep me involved in other areas. Right. <laughs> your home is actually in Atlanta. Atlanta, that's Atlanta right. Georgia. Have you lived there all your life? I was born in Atlanta and uh, went to school in Atlanta through college, and then I went to theological seminary and graduate school in uh, the north, in Pennsylvania and in Massachusetts, and then I went back to the south, uh, for my first pastorate in Montgomery, Alabama, where I lived for six years. And then I returned to Atlanta in 1960, and I've been there ever since. Do you have a church at this time in Atlanta? Yes, I am the co-pastor of the Ebenezer Baptist Church in Atlanta, and my father's pastor, so we are working together there as a team. Both you and your father? That's huh? right. They put Is up there any seniority? <laughs> Well, he makes it clear, uh, sometimes consciously and sometimes unconsciously, that he is the pastor, right. and I'm the co-pastor. <laughs> Mrs. King, of course, lives in Atlanta. Oh, yes. And there she are... is from Alabama originally, but... Uh, and children? Yes, we have four children. Ah. What, would, what would their ages be, Doctor? Eleven, uh, nine... Six and four. We have two girls and two boys. Are they in school in Atlanta? Yes, uh, they're all in school in Atlanta. Even the, the youngest uh, is in nursery school, but the others are all in uh, the public school system of Atlanta, the other three. How is Atlanta doing? And the I whole think state Atlanta of is doing uh, pretty well. I would uh, say that Atlanta is probably the most progressive city in race relations in the South. 
Now, that doesn't mean that we have all problems solved in Atlanta. It suffers from the same problems that uh, all of our major cities are facing today. We have uh, serious economic problems in the Negro community. And although the uh, middle class in the Negro community faces a degree of prosperity, uh, the masses of Negroes confront the same poverty and deprivation that we would find in any city. But uh, at least there is a responsive city government in Atlanta, and the Negroes in the fortunate position of really having the balance of power politically uh, in Atlanta, and this makes a great difference. We have, uh, for instance, in the state legislature of Georgia, uh, ten Negroes, uh, and I think nine are from the Atlanta area, and this is because of the political power of the Negro and the power of the Negro vote in Atlanta. Often, Dr. King, when there, is, when there has been uh, violence in a certain city, for some reason that I'm not sure of, you have been blamed. Am I right? In Chicago, some of the blame was put on you, and still you have never advocated violence, I know now you are absolutely against it. Why do they blame you? Well, I think it is because of uh, our wrong analysis of events and of history and of circumstances. It so happens that many demonstrations that I lead uh, end up in violence in the sense that we who are demonstrated, uh, demonstrating rather, are inflicted with violence. And I always say that you can't blame nonviolent demonstrators who are demonstrating for their constitutional rights uh, when violence erupts. This would be like blaming uh, the robbed man uh, for the evil act of robbery because his possession of wealth, uh, money, precipitates the act. Society must always condemn uh, the robber and protect the robbed. Uh, another analogy would be, and I saw this very clearly in Chicago last summer when we were demonstrating around the whole issue of open housing. And as we marched into... Uh, certain areas that were lily-white areas and that denied Negroes the right to live in those areas, uh, we were confronted with a massive violence. The bottles and bricks were thrown at us. We were often beaten, and yet they, uh, they, they caused us, or rather they called us the originators of the violence. And I always said that uh, this is like looking at a physician uh, who, through his uh, skills, through his uh, medical ingenuity, uh, discovers cancer in a patient and blaming the doctor for causing the cancer. Uh, it's usually the other way around. We praise the physician for using his ingenuity uh, to bring out into the open something that uh, needed to be discovered and something that can be cured if it is caught uh, early enough. And this is exactly what we have done. We can't be blamed for the violence that uh, emerges. We've merely brought it out in the open. We've brought the evil conditions, the cancerous disease of racism, 
uh, out in the open and far from being the cause of it, uh, we are merely the catalytic agents bringing it out for everybody to see so that the society can cure it. Hey, man, we're going to stop that interview right now, and uh, we're going to just come back later on to that. We want to play some musical selection by Gil Scott to uh, to kind of close us out of this program. Uh, we are in uh, Wanda the King on this day that's set aside for it. We celebrate it in the nation on the 20th of January. So we pray that you'll uh, have a blessed day, that you go out and help someone, and you help change a life. Now, we're going to close out. Uh, after this musical selection, I'll be back. This is Gil Scott, winner in a miracle, because regardless of what goes on, it still seems like there's some challenges going on. But yet, there is hope the dream is still alive. So this is Gil Scott, winner in a miracle, and I'll be back with you shortly. From the engine, welcome to Pilgrim, and to the buffalo who wants to rule a place. Like the vultures circling beneath the dark clouds, looking for the rain, looking for the rain. Just like the city that stagger on the coastline, and a nation that just can't stand much more. Like the forest buried beneath the highway, never had a chance to grow. Never had a chance to grow. And now it's winter. Across the floor, but just like the peace behind. 
You're listening to Gil Scott Harrow Call. Wednesday in America. We're honoring Martin Luther King for what he had done many, many years ago and let you know that the dream is still alive. You know, sometimes we look around and we see like our hope is lost, but we know, we know, we know without a shadow of doubt that God is still in charge. You know, I want to play a win in America because sometimes we seem like we lose hope. But I want you to know that there's still men and women. There's still men and women out there uh, out there on the battlefield. There's still men and women that's keeping the dream alive. And you, and you're a part of that. Um, I want you to get, to search your soul to see what you could do to help change your life. You know, and, and, and when you do those things there, uh, just keep going and keep going. Help change the life of a young man or young woman or whatever it may be. Even help change your life. You know, and, and this show is brought to you by uh, Granny Place Ministries, a nonprofit ministry to meet the needs of our young at-risk teenager, but I want you to know that you're part of that, too. You're part of that changing the life also. And so as we get ready to get out of here, we want to be very mindful that there's a lot more work to do, that the task is too great for one person. I ask you to put your hand in the master's hand and say, Lord, what would you have me to do? You know, just like all the seasons, uh, winter go past one day. All these things that we're struggling with now, it's going to come to an end, and everything's going to be successful for this time, in this era. But, that, yeah, that doesn't mean that you just quit. Just keep on going, make it better for the person behind us, what is coming up. And so we want to encourage you to continue to stay on the battlefield, continue to keep your hand in the master's hand. As we get ready to get out of here, we pray that you have a blessed day. We pray that you continue to show you God mighty in your life. You continue to honor him with everything that you do. As we get ready to get out of here, we want to thank God for everything He do. Gracious Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for your grace and your mercy. We thank you for another day that's not promised to us. The Lord, as we reflect on the, on the ones that came by, uh, before us, the Lord, we want to be mindful. Like Hebrews says, say, we've been surrounded by such great a cloud of witnesses. We too can lay down all the weight and sin that so easily entangled us and look unto Jesus, who's the author and the finisher of our faith. We thank you, dear Lord, for the doors that have been opened. As Martin Luther King stated earlier, that now that the doors have been opened, we need to walk through those doors, dear Lord. We need to hold those doors open for the next generation. Let us be mindful, dear Lord, that this too will pass, that this winter season that we're in now, through the, uh, the economy, through the to our elected officials, it's all going to pass one day, Lord, and we and you'll get the glory. Let us be mindful, dear Lord, that you started this and that you finished this. We pray these things in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.